if you could rise with me as you open your Bibles, okay? We're going to look at four different uh, places in the Bible, okay? Do we have do we have it ready? Okay, first one is 1 Peter 1, 3. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. Hmm? In his, everybody say, in his great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope. Everybody say, living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Next, Romans 4, 18, it says, against all hope. Everybody say, all hope. Abraham, in hope, everybody say, in hope, believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Next, Romans 8. 24, it says, for in this hope, everybody say hope. hope, we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have, huh? Right? Lastly, Hebrews 6, 19, it says, we have, are we there? Hebrews 6, 19. Okay, I'll just read it to you. We have this hope, everybody say hope, as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. All the dogs are saying amen. Let's join them, everybody, by saying amen. Amen. Father, I pray that you would resurrect dead hopes today, that you would make it alive. Spirit of God, we ask that you would help us to see through your eyes and to once again pick up hope and to live from hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Okay. Everybody say living hope. Look to your neighbor and say, you are living hope. Okay. Yes, you are soda, but you are also living hope. Amen? Amen. <laughs> the definition. I'm going to talk about hope today. Okay? The definition from dictionary.com, okay, in noun form, it means the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. Okay? In a verb form, it says hope is to look forward to with desire and reasonable confidence. To believe, to desire, or to trust. To feel that something desired may happen. Basically, hope is desiring something you do not have yet. Right? We read Romans 8, 24. Hope that is seen is no hope at all. You may feel like, I don't know, I don't know because I don't see it yet. But if you see it. You don't need hope, right? You don't see it. You don't. You don't know if you could get it. Just then, then hope is possible when you don't see it. When you don't have it yet, everybody say yet. You see, hope 
in the world is wishing. I wish I had this. I wish I had a boyfriend. I wish I could meet somebody. I wish I had a better job. I wish I could have a child. I wish, 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 but may or may not happen. But hope in the Bible is different, okay? Hope in the Bible is an anchor to our soul. Hope in the Bible is alive. Hope in a biblical sense is alive and active. You understand? Hope, if you don't have hope, you don't have an anchor. What happens to a boat without an anchor? It gets moved. It gets tossed here and there. Even if it wants to remain, once the wave comes, it gets hope. As Christians, as right sons and daughters of God, without hope, you are tossed. I have faith. Tossed. I don't have faith. I have joy. Yeah. Oh, I'm so depressed. You get tossed back and forth without hope. You have no anchor according to the Bible, not me. According to the word of God, hope is the anchor for our soul in Hebrews 6, 19. Hmm? Now, I want to give you a, a quick history of soda. You want to hear that? You got to know where you come from, okay? 14 and a half years ago, God called Benjamin Robinson, you know, that bald black guy you've been seeing for past five weeks every Sunday, okay? I'm married to that bald <laughs> black guy, <laughs> right? And um, he called us to plant a church in the city of Emmersville, okay? And, and God said this. God said, we were both in, okay, not assemblies of four square, okay, denomination. We were in that uh, denomination. And when God called us out, he said, I want you to be living hope, to be non-denominational. Not because God wants us to, uh, you know, it's not because we're, we are not for denomination. But the word of the Lord was, I want you to be in relationship. Here, here's my hand. In relationship with all the denomination, Presbyterian, Methodist, you understand? All God said, I'm going to use Living Hope to empower my churches throughout all denominations. And so in order for you to reach all denomination, I need you to be non-denomination. Okay? So that's what God told us, number one. Number two, he said, I want you to be missional, mission-centered, even before you are established. I want you to go save souls here and abroad. And then God said, go to Emeryville. And so what we didn't know at that time was that in Emeryville, it was considered, it's a very small church. You know Pixar? That's in Emeryville. Okay? It's a very small, small city surrounded by San Francisco, Berkeley, and Oakland. Okay? Emeryville, 14 and a half years ago, people didn't know. Even people in the Bay Area did not know Emeryville. And, and what we didn't know was that amongst the pastors who'd been in the Bay Area for many, many years, Emeryville was considered the graveyard for the churches. 
that before us, many churches, many pastors have shed tears and, and, and tried planting a church there, and it never lasted except for one small church that's been there before us. Very handful of people. And when we met with that pastor, did you know in America, right, in the United States of America, do you know his life was threatened just because he existed in the city of Emeryville, right? And so he called us to plant a church in Emeryville. And, and he told us, you're, you're, it's going to be about Bible-centered and presence of God-centered, right? And so we started doing missions, right? We started, you know, seeking God for his revival fire and in the middle of it, God started to speak to Benjamin about, we want this lamp in San Francisco. And so years, years, he, Benjamin, after he, Benjamin would talk to me about, we need to start a church in San Francisco. That is all about presence of God and that's going to be missional. And so, you know, to tell you the truth, we tried way before trying to launch it. And every time we tried, God said, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then finally, when Mickey got married, right, to Krista, we're like, okay, it's time, right? And so, and like almost two years ago, right, we planted, or we started this San Francisco campus of Living Hope. So, Soda, you're not just a separated, independent church of your own. You are half. You are another, you are a campus of living hope in San Francisco, okay? So I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you are living hope. Come on, with excitement, you are living hope, okay? You are living hope, and therefore, the title of my sermon today is called Living Hope, Woo! <laughs> living hope, okay? I remember two years ago, Ying, Ying, two years ago, Ying came to Indonesia. First service, he watched. Two years ago, right? Yeah. Two, was it a year, year ago? year and a half ago. Okay, not this one, but last year. Yeah, year and a half ago. He, the first service, right, God moved powerfully, right? The Holy Spirit came, right? If you want to see miracles come to Indonesia, you'll see miracles in Indonesia. So he's, you know, he was like, he was just like, oh, right. And then afterwards, he was talking to Benjamin. And then he said something like, you know, like, I wish, like, I could do what you guys did. But, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not living hope. I'm not you guys. And then Benjamin said, what? You fool. Right, no, he didn't say that. He's like, but Ying, you are us. You are us. Soda is living hope. Soda, members of Soda, you have access to every spiritual inheritance, every DNA of God's anointing and power that God gave to living hope in Emeryville. You have an access. It is yours. And Benjamin looked at Ying and said, it's yours. You possess it. Just do it. Go do it. And then the next service, Ying preached, guys. And he's up there and he's, you know, preaching. And then the Holy Spirit fell, right? People were falling. 
and crying. It was powerful. Now, first service, Ying kind of watched, hoping, I wish I could do that. But when he realized that he was leaving home, he didn't just sit back and watch, but he entered in. He positioned himself as a living hoper. First service, he, wa he was just, I wish. Second service, as a preacher, he positioned himself as a living hoper. Now, Ying, go over there. <laughs> now, watch. Did you see that? Did, was Ying able to catch that? Huh? Here, give it to me. <laughs> this is the inheritance. This is the blessings of God. This is the breakthrough you've been crying out for. You know, you know, the prayer that you've been praying, God, bless me too. God, I need breakthrough. God, I believe, but, 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 but you, you don't know how God, you are asking God for a breakthrough and a blessing. But without hope, just like Ying, he's been crying, oh God. But then without hope, you are not positioned to receive. Ying, position yourself. Do you want this? Do you want the blessings of God? Do you want the breakthrough? Woo! <laughs> he was so scared. Have faith, my son. Do you understand? You could cry all night for years, but without hope, you're not positioned to receive. Yeah, God is love, but without hope, it's going to hit you and just bounce off, and you're going to be like, God, how come you always bless others but me? He kept throwing it at you. He kept bouncing it off because you don't have the anchor of hope. Without hope, you don't position to receive. When you pick up the burden of hope to believe again, to believe again, hope and faith, they go hand in hand. You understand? Hope positions you to believe and to receive. Without hope, without positioning, everybody say positioning, you are not able to receive against all hope. Everybody say against all hope. Abraham in hope believed. In Genesis 12, Abraham is 75 years old. 75 years old. He's old. He's old. 75 years old. And God calls Abraham, Abraham, go to a land that I am sending you. And God, God gives him a promise, right? And then he said, and, and Abraham, not knowing where, just Went in faith, okay? Few years later, few chapters later, in Genesis 15, right? Abraham, God comes and meets with Abraham again and gives him a promise. You know, Christian life is about receiving promises from the Lord. Promises of God takes you from season to season without 
receiving his promise, without hearing his voice, you're lost. After a while, you're lost in that season. But when, you, when it's time to go to the next season, you seek God. God speaks to you, and the promise of God sets you up for the next season. And you go from promise to promise. Just like Genesis 12, God comes, gives Abraham a promise. That promise positions him to a certain direction. Abraham goes, and not knowing what his next step is, he looks to God. God speaks to him, gives him another promise. The promise that Abraham, in hope, believed, positions him, you understand, to Genesis 17. See, if you look at Abraham's life, it wasn't easy. He had to leave his father's house, right? He, and then when he goes, when he goes, it's not like his job was waiting. There was a famine, and then he had to go to Egypt, and then he had to lie. There's so many things. And then he, God blessed him so much that he had to separate from Lot. His, there's so many things that Abraham had to go through when he walked this life of faith. And hope. Right? Ten years later, okay, he was 75 when God first came to him. Ten years later, guess what happens? Abraham loses hope. He lose, Ten years later, 85 years old, he loses hope. And his wife Sarah's like, you know, Abraham, I don't know. Why don't you just take in my huh, servant, Hagar? Maybe we'll have a child. Hagar. And then Abraham's like, okay. Right? And then 86 years old, he gets a son through Hagar. But it's not because he believed. It was because he lost hope. Hmm? 24, 23 or 24 years later, imagine Ten years later, he loses hope. He finds his own way to have a son. And I wish I could say, oh, you know, next year, a few months, God made it right. No. Another, how many years goes by? More than a decade goes by. He lives his life without hope, thinking this is all. This is just my life. This is all it is. I'm okay with that. When people lose hope, they're okay with what is okay. You learn to live with what you once hoped for. You learn to be okay. 24 years later, God comes to Abraham. Abraham, huh? Abraham, I had all these scriptures. Why don't we skip, you guys, to Genesis 17? Verses 15 through 21. This is 23, 24 years later. Okay, Those young people, you guys could probably read that. Those of us that are going through perimenopause, we can't see it. <laughs> Genesis 17, verses 15. It says, God also said to Abraham, ask for Sarah, your wife. You are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her, not through Hagar, 
okay? I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the, at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. But, everybody say but. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac from Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. You see, you learn to live with what is okay. And you're like, okay then, God, if this is all it is, I'm okay. You learn to live with it. But today God is saying, no, no, there's more. There's more. I'm here to resurrect what is dead inside of you. He's here to resurrect dead dreams. He's here to resurrect dead hopes. And you might say, but pastor, it's been so long. It's been like three months. <laughs> but pastor, it's been so long. It's been like one year. But pastor, it's been so long. Do you know this is 24 years after God first gave Abraham promise. 24 years after God came and said, no, I will bless you through the womb of your wife, Sarah. God is saying, no, no, I will do what I have purpose to do in and through your life. Not your brother, not your coworker. You, I have you. I have purpose to bless this earth through you. All oh, my pastors, all my CG leaders, no, you. 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 See? 24 years later, when Abraham was 100 years old, I'm not going to lie. I was nauseous this week because I've been through a lot, right? You, As you guys know, or some of you know, my father, stepfather passed away, and I had to go to Alaska and do the funeral. I did, you know, I've been do going through a lot, and physically I, I was sick, and I got nauseous. Like, oh, Benjamin, I'm so nauseous. And Benjamin was like, oh, maybe you're pregnant. I got mad, you guys. I was like, what? I'm almost 50. <laughs> you want me to be a 50-year-old? But Abraham was 100 years old. Sarah was 90 years old. Hmm? Sometimes, no, every, probably most of you, you once believed for something, and it's been so long that you gave up. And then when somebody comes and says, you should believe, you get kind of offended, don't you? Like, whatever. We reject what is good. We reject the blessings of God when we have been disappointed, 
when we have been discouraged, when we lose hope, we don't position ourselves. We just go on being tossed here and there because we have lost hope. And so we don't have an anchor to our soul. Today, God is here to renew your hope, my hope, to make your dead hope living again, to position you to receive the promises of God, to revive your faith once again. Without faith, you cannot receive. Faith and hope, they're intertwined. Faith is being sure of what you're hoping for. Without hope, you don't need faith. Without faith, you're not going to get what you hope for. Faith and hope come together hand in hand. I want to spend some time really quickly going through what the scripture says, even from Old Testament and New, what the scripture says about hope. You ready? All right, okay, let's go. See, let's put it up, the, all the scriptures from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, 4, okay? It says, anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. Look at me. Are you alive? Are you alive? I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care how much you have lost hope. If you are alive, you have hope. Are you breathing? You have hope. If you're alive, you could believe. You could hope. Hmm? Psalm 25, 3, it says, No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. Psalm 25, 3. You know what? A lot of times, if you once believed, you don't want to believe anymore because you feel ashamed. When Benjamin and I got married for eight, no, for nine years, we couldn't have a child. And I didn't care in the beginning. I was young. I was traveling the world, you know. I was ready to die in China, right? I was ready to go into North Korea and rescue people. I, I was, I, my dream was to die on the mission field, right? And so I don't get pregnant. Hey, more I get more opportunities to travel. Yay! So I would go. But about the eighth year of our marriage, I felt ashamed. When people talked about getting pregnant or having kids, like I wanted to, like I felt shame cover my face. I wanted to, I, I'm standing in grocery store, people that I don't even have relationship with and talking and they're, oh, how many kids do you have? Oh, I have two, I have three. And then shame, I could feel shame and I want to just run away. I don't want them to ask me if I have a child or not because I felt ashamed. But you know what? what you know what the scripture says? What, what did Psalm 25.3 say? No one, everybody say no one who hopes in God will ever be put to shame. That shame that I felt on my face that eighth year, it is that eighth year, that same year, God says, no, no, my daughter, you're not going to be covered with shame. That same year I got pregnant, and on the ninth year I gave birth to Alethea. No one, everybody say no one. If you put your hope in God, you will not be put 
shame. Okay? Psalm 147.11, it says, The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. When you hope, when today you say, okay, I'm going to hope for this again. When you hope, it makes God smile. He, it, it delights. He, it, it, you bring joy. You understand? He delights in you when you hope again. Hmm? Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Who needs strength? Who needs to be renewed in their physical strength, emotional strength, spiritual strength? You know why you're not, you, your strength isn't being renewed? It's because you lost hope. Hmm? Scripture says those who hope in God will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Okay. Not working? It's okay. Isaiah 49, 23. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. You know what I sense in this generation? This generation is so afraid of being disappointed. You're so afraid of being disappointed that you would rather give up hope and stop believing. But according to the word of God, according to the Bible, those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. Hmm? Today is a very simple message. God is saying, son, daughter, reposition yourself. You know, Yuri, the pastor Yuri that you saw on the videos, on the mission field, she, she told of this story that she was preaching and her son came running in, ran away from the children's church, <laughs> bold enough because the preacher is my mommy. In the middle of her preaching, he ran to the front. Okay, I'm going to act like him, and you could be Yuri, even though you're a man. Okay, act like you're preaching. This child comes and says, hold me. And Yuri thought, okay, why don't you do it? <laughs> Kneel, since you're too tall. And Olivia, she's nine. She still does this. She wants me to hold her. You know how heavy she is? And then Yuri thought, oh, man, but she's in the middle of preaching. And so she turns around to ignore her son to preach, right? And this son, who knows that is love, you know what he did? Oh, come around. Now come in front of me. He positioned himself to be held by his mother. And she's like, oh, man, I love you, son. But she turned around again to preach. And this son, again, positioned himself, and she could no longer ignore, if I was strong, I would hold you. <laughs> she held up her son, and she preached with her son in her arms. The word of the Lord to you today is simple. Position yourselves. Oh, but God is busy doing important things. That's just little me. If you would just Position yourself knowing, hope, 
putting your hope in his unfailing love, knowing that your father loves you and that he's more than happy to pick you up. And if he doesn't right now in your own timing, just position yourself. The enemy lies, oh, give up. He's not going to do it. No, just position yourself. Do you understand? The word of the Lord to you today and me. Maureen, can you go me up here? Is position yourself. Pick up that burden of hope again. That dead hope. The things that you once believed and you no longer believe today. God is saying, will you pick up that hope and believe again? I promise. I will not allow you to be put to shame. I will not allow you to be disappointed. If you put your hope in God, but pastor, it's been so long. I understand. I understand eight years, nine years before I was able to have a child. Sometimes, you know, every man of Faith or woman of faith would come and pray for my stomach for eight years. By this time next year, do you know how many times I heard that? And I was so, I said, God, it's so much easier if you didn't give me a promise of a child because I'm okay without a child. If you didn't give me that promise, but God, why'd you have to give me that promise? And now I have to believe. Even if I don't want to believe. And God is saying, but you don't understand. You don't understand. I love you. And my timing, it may not be your timing, but my timing is perfect. Will you pick up that hope? Will you receive the anchor for your soul this morning? God is saying, will you position your Self in me. By overcoming the lies of the enemy, the, Im the negative emotions that resist this hope. Right now in the presence of God, if you would just arise and let me pray for you. And will you just come before God today and say, God, I'm afraid. To believe again, to hope again for certain things. I'm okay. I'm okay where I am right now. But God is saying, no, 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 no. I have so much more prepared for you. There's so much more that I want to release in your life and in and through your life. God is saying, position yourself, sons and daughters. I know it didn't work last year. I know it didn't happen three months ago. Maybe even two weeks ago, you tried to believe and it didn't happen. But the Lord is saying, I am here with the living word from the throne. I am here, the Lord is saying. Will you position yourself? To hope again. To hope again. Will you receive hope that is alive? So Holy Spirit, I pray that today, today, God, that you will speak to every one of my brothers and sisters. Will you, Holy Spirit, point to that area 
where something died, where hope died. Will you, God, release your resurrection power in that very place, God, and let what is dead become alive again, Lord. And will you empower your sons and daughters to hope once again, God, to receive the anchor, God, that we will not be moved by, God, the lies of the enemy tossed to and fro, but to firm, to be firmly anchored in your truth, God, knowing that you are trustworthy, knowing, God, that you are good. With every eye closed, I want to ask, maybe you've never known this living hope because you have not known Jesus. And maybe you once knew, but you walked away. You see, by yourself, you don't know how to pick up that hope. But with Christ, you are able. And if you want to receive Jesus, receive the person of living hope. If you want to come back and say, I want to I wanna believe again. I want to put my life in the hands of Jesus again. If there's even one, if there's any one of you that says, I need living hope, which is Christ Jesus. I need it. Without him, I don't know how to hope again. If that's you, will you raise your hand and let me pray for you? That as you receive, I see that hand. You, I see that hand. You, I see that hand. You are saying yes. You are saying yes to Jesus Christ that died for your sin. You are saying, I want to come back to you. I want to pick up the hope again in a person, not in my own ability to somehow store up ability to believe again, but as you receive the person of living hope. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes. Those of you that lifted hands and those of you that didn't, will you pray this prayer? Rest of you, pray this prayer with those three. I saw three hands that lifted today. Say, Jesus, I come to you. I surrender my life to you. I need you to take over my life. I want to believe and I want to live knowing who you are, knowing your plans for my life. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. You died for my sins, and you, res you resurrected. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name.